You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. episode 183 of Teach Better Talk. My name is Ray Hewart, and as always, I am with my horrible co-host, Jeff Gargas. Jeff, how are you? <laughs> well, that's a little more like it. Uh, we've re- there's been some some things recently where you've told me, you know, you've introduced me with nice words and, well, and not been mean, uh, but this well, was more like, uh, more in line, more, you know, in part with you, so I, I appreciate that like- a whole lot. Yeah, with Liv being a part of our podcast later, I mean, she's absolutely Team Ray, and I didn't want anyone to get confused right off the bat. So before we get into our episode, I know we have some exciting news we're talking about, but just want to make sure we started very authentically for this episode. Appreciate that. What yeah, exciting news are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the Teach Better bookshelf, oh, actually. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about that. I am that. excited for that. that no, fun. you know, it's it's kind of funny. Um, the Teach Better team really tries to bring our audience um, what they ask for. And um, continuously over the past few months, we've been talking about this idea of a Teach Better bookshelf. And it really was off of the idea of having amazing friends and colleagues and um, people we're connected with that are publishing books that we have taken the time to read and review and really become better educators from and how could we communicate that versus just like tweeting it out every so often. And so the idea of the bookshelf was kind of built with that intention of amplifying the stories of, you know, like award-winning culture by Hans Apple or, um, gosh, could you say like any book from Mandy Freilich, right? All these different amazing outlets that we just suggest people, you know, if they're looking for their next, you know, fun book, what they should go into. But what I do want to celebrate on this podcast, Jeff, if you don't mind me going kind of off course, I love the addition that we added uh, to the page that has to do with books that are not at all education related that we chose to add to the website um, under the Teach Better bookshelf because they really are books that have, you know, drastically impacted our lives as people and and I didn't I don't know how else to phrase that besides that they're just really books that have shaped us as the human beings that we are today. I think that's pretty accurate. So at the top, if you go to teachbetter.com/bookshelf, uh, you're gonna see a ton of books. It's an ongoing list. We're, we'll add them as we go. Amazing educational books. But if you scroll down a little bit, you're gonna see books that are really not education related that somebody on our team has acknowledged uh, really gave them food for thought, kind of helped them grow into the whole person that they are today. So Jeff, do you mind, can I ask you or like comment about a few of these? Sure. Okay, so the first one was actually brought up to me by my father and then you said that this was one of your favorite books. So tell us about why you like The Go-Giver. Your dad, your dad's a go giver fan. He says it's his favorite book of all time. Oh, that makes me so happy. So, I know. um, you can't see, but if you've ever been in my office, I have back there another one here. I have them all over my house. I don't know what they are. They're like, I don't know, three, three and a half foot by three, three foot. I don't know, uh, vinyl, uh, signs that actually have quotes from the go giver on them. That's how much I love it. So. 
the go giver is it's it's kind of like a parable like a like a story of uh a young salesman who's trying to you know be the best salesman in the world be rich basically be wealthy and he gets connected to a, a guy that is supposed to be you know that is super wealthy and super successful and he it's it's just sort of this journey of him meeting a bunch of different people not realize like thinking that he's going to get one thing he's going to get sales techniques stuff like that but instead they actually teach him the true art the true um ta- the best tactic for sales and the fact that the fact matters that's giving and it's all about giving and connecting stuff like that so it's just a great it's a really fun like short read i'm actually like no joke listening to it right now i've read it a bunch of times but i decided i wanted to listen to it uh and i really like the uh the audio version of it as well it's just a nice uh, easy listen it's an easy read but I really love it. It just it really shaped. I read it when I was very young and well, younger, and it really shaped the way. It was kind of how I felt and already sort of lived my life anyway. But really shaped the way I look at things and the way I, way I run my business and the way I've ran businesses in the past and stuff. But I, yeah, that's a good one. And now that the fact that I know that your dad likes it as well, top of the list. I won't lie. Yeah, he <laughs> recommended that book to me. Um, and in the and when he recommended it, I'm like, gosh, I know that title. And then not weeks later, you were like, hey, did you follow up on that book I gave you? I'm like, oh my gosh, you and my father. Um, <laughs> but truly, so that's one of the books that you submitted for our uh, Teach Better Bookshelf. Some other books that our team men- members submitted. Uh, Chad really loves Born to Run. Have you ever have you connected with that one before? Uh, I have. Um. Chad is much more into it than I, 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 I enjoyed it. It's a really good book, but it's by Christopher McDougall. McDougall. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it was actually recommended and given to me by my brother, Paul, my oldest brother, Paul. It's all about running. It's, uh, it's about, and, and I, I, it's been a while since I read it, so I can't remember the tribe's name. Uh, but Christopher, the author spent time with, uh, a tribe that is just like, I mean, the, they are the most incredible runners in the world. It's how they live their life. Running is just a part of their everyday life. They run to, uh, it's not just for exercise. It's how they live their life. And it really connects as a runner, which Chad and I both enjoy running. And that's something that we do. It really is just a, it's, it's getting back into like the natural part of running. Uh, so it's just, it, it's just instant, interesting things to me. I really liked it. So, you know, also that I'm connected to the parkour community and something that I heard a long time ago in, in parkour is that you don't learn how to parkour. We actually all unlearn parkour because it's actually the natural movement, just like running. Running is a natural thing that we're all born to do and born able to do, obviously, as you grow. But we actually like sort of uneducate ourselves out of running because we don't need to do it in the world that we live in now. So Born to Run kind of gives you a lot of that, takes a look at the natural pieces of running and then ties it into like how you can just be a better runner. There's a lot of a lot of ways that also ties just into life and stuff like that too. But it's a really cool uh, book. Uh, the the author is also a, you know great guy that gives tips on on how to prepare to run, how to be a better runner, how to better recover and stuff like that. So, uh, good book, good book. So some of the other ones that are here that are submitted by team members like Hans and Jen Apple is I know why the bird the cage bird sings by mm. Maya Angelou. Uh, the servant start with why. I mean, there's so many in here. I hope you guys go challenge yourself to read these, but we also have included books that we're currently reading. I know a lot of the team members are currently reading books about the current times of needing to be anti-racist. So there's um, so many texts in here that we encourage people to begin to begin reading or listening to the audiobook of, for example, How to Be Anti-Racist or Stamped or white fragility, or mm-hmm. why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? I mean, all these different texts 
so that can help us be better listeners, be stronger educators, and truly just be better. So this bookshelf kind of evolved into something more than just highlighting, you know, teach better speakers network books, you know, or like, oh, what's the teach better team writing? Like, it's so much more. We really want to be authentic with how are we as team members of the teach better team living that teach better mindset by striving to be better? And what texts are we connecting to that have actually shaped us as human beings? So I'm really excited for this bookshelf. It's a great way to to amplify amazing stories. And I hope you guys go check it out and even reach out. If you have a book that's drastically impacted you as a human being, let us know. And uh, hopefully somebody on our team can can take a peek at it and continue to grow as well. So that's the whole point of the Teach Better bookshelf. Yeah, I think it's going to be really cool. It's going to be this ongoing thing like you mentioned. I think essentially in my mind what it's turned into now is anyone on the team that reads something and goes, ooh, that hit me, like it's probably going to get added. Or even if you're in the middle of it and you're like, man, this book's really getting to me. I'm really feeling it. Then we're probably going to add it so that you can experience that too. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, ideas are certainly welcome for sure because we can dive into it. So Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, like you guys know, there's so many education books that we've reviewed and read and got so much value from. We really want this to be a purposeful space that we know that anybody that picks this up is going to get value from it. So just know that we are being very strategic and specific and trying to make this a really valuable resource for everybody who takes part in visiting it. Love it. Very cool. All right, let's talk about this episode. This was a fun one. This was a big one. Uh, Big one because we were super pumped to have this educator on. Uh, Livia Chan came into our world actually because I like we got connected on Twitter, but I like she really kind of really got involved when I invited her on the podcast. I had been connected with her just for a very short time, but I had seen some things that she posted. I interacted on a couple things. I was like, oh, I really like you know what she's saying. She's she's up in Canada. She's uh, she seems super passionate about what she's doing. I'm gonna invite her on the podcast, and she she said that she you know she kind of was like, oh, I wonder what this who is teach better, and she dove in, and she has been so involved in our world since then, which has been a couple months now, um, so much so that we actually asked her to to be one of our uh, initial and kickoff ambassadors, which she gladly jumped on. We're so pumped about. Uh, and she really has been just involved in everything we do. Every webinar we put on, everything, every live video we have going on, there's Livia just popping in, saying hi, spreading some sunshine, um, spreading some knowledge, and just being a part of it. And we're so, so pumped to have her on the podcast. Um, so Olivia Chan is a uh, elementary teacher. She's taught grades one all the way through four. She's been on her district staff development team. Uh, she's been a learning t- uh, technologies teacher or uh, team in learning technology. So she's she said that's sort of like a uh, instructional technology uh, leader, you know, in the states. Uh, she's been teaching and been a teacher for 21 years. So lots of experience. Uh, she serves on the district me- uh, mentorship committee. Uh, in the Building Your Leadership Capacity Committee. Uh, she's moving into a role as a head teacher now. Uh, it's just super, super passionate. She's a coach. She brings a lot of that into our conversation, which I love. And like I said, she's also a Teach Better ambassador. She just carries the Teach Better mindset, I think, in everything she does. And this was just so much fun for us. Uh, Ray, I know you are a huge Livia fan. Anything else you want our, our audience to really catch on to or listen to in this episode? No, I think the biggest thing is to make sure you connect with Liv and really choose to be an active learner. Uh, And also, you know, hashtag Team Ray. She's a Team Ray fan, so I'm all about it. All right. Well, with that lie, uh, we'll get an episode 183 with Livia Chan. 
All right, we are here and we are chatting with Livia Chan. And Liv, it is so, so awesome to have you on the podcast. Uh, we got connected a while back, asking you, uh, some, I don't even remember how we got connected, let's be honest. It was on Twitter, and then I asked you to get on the podcast, and that got us talking a little bit. And then you kind of came into a world, and you really jumped in full, I think, two feet right into the Teach Better world. And the entire team just loves you now. Like, that's just the, the a fact of the matter, correct, Ray? Oh, she's a part of every conversation yeah, I feel like the team like, has. <laughs> we love it, and we love how active you are in the community. So it's so excited now to, that we're finally to the date that we scheduled and stuff. So super excited to just learn more about you, talk about your story, and just highlight you today. Before we get too far into that, how are you feeling right now? I am over the moon, ecstatic, and thrilled all rolled into one. I've been looking forward to this ever since you asked me, and it's such an honor to speak with you I've learned so much from you and the Teach Better team. I feel like if we were in a room together and I was standing next to the two of you, I would just get smarter through osmosis. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I really do. Well, maybe next to Ray. Oh my gosh. Liv, you're so funny. I, I honestly don't know what the team can do. It like doesn't feel right unless you're a part of it. Like oh. we recently <laughs> were hosting two webinars at the same time and you were only in one and not the other. And every time I logged into the other webinar, I'm like, wait, we can't start. Like Liv's not here yet. Like, I'm so oh. But um, in my heart. Thanks it's true. Liz. It's like every live video. It's so fun. And I really enjoyed not only obviously getting to learn with you, but I've learned so much from you over the past few weeks that I'm thrilled that we're going to be able to interview you on Teach Better Talk because um, just your experience over the past few months has given me so much insight and reflection for my own classroom. So anyway, I'm excited to get into all of that, I guess, needless to say. Uh, but before we get too far into this, for listeners who may not be connected to you, maybe don't know all about you, how would you typically describe yourself when somebody asks you what you do? Well, for the last 20 years or so, I would say I'm a passionate teacher and a coach. Most of the time I've been teaching grade two, three. Last year I had a taste of grade one and this year a taste of grade four. In the past, I've had an opportunity to serve on our staff development team in learning technologies for six years. And I think in the States, it's they, you call them instructional, co instru instructional technology coaches or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, that would probably be accurate. Okay. Yeah, that's where we go from building to building, uh, building capacity across the district. So I was given 27 schools to support and loved every single one of them and building relationships with all the different teachers and the administrators. Uh, it was quite a, an honor and a blessing to be in that role. But two years ago, I went back into the classroom not by choice, but went back into the classroom and I have been loving it ever since because when I went into the, onto the staff development team, I, it took me probably a good couple years to get used to that role because I so miss working with kids. You know, it's a little bit like in this pandemic where you don't get to see your kids all the time. And it, yeah, it was pining for that relationship with kids again. But I knew that working with adults was a little different experience because anything that I could work and teach them, they were it would make the experience for the kids better. So it was a different way of reaching kids, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, then, oh, sorry. 
Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't let me stop you. <laughs> and then next year, I have an exciting new role as a head teacher at a different school. And there's a new administrator because there's a retirement at that school. So really excited about next year going into a brand new school to get to know a new community and and work together with another uh, phenomenal administrator. So I'm excited about that. That's that's pretty cool. That's an exciting exciting new adventure. That and um, I, I know I've seen you coach. You do some coaching as well. Do you mm -hmm. coach still? I do. So, bef uh, years ago, I coached basketball in school, and then when my kids were younger, I coached Odyssey of the Mind. Do you know what that is? It's a creative problem solving. Yes. Team. Yes, and we actually won uh, provincials, and we got to I go to Iowa for world. Uh, the world world competition so that was really cool when my kids were i think in grade four and five and then currently i coach ringette so i don't i you know oh, i would really i would be rich for the number of times that i've explained what ringette is do you know what it is well I'm gonna make it, i know what it is oh. but i think it's it's very unique but i'm guessing that so the majority of our audience is is that is in the state so i'm yeah. guessing they probably don't know what that is yeah. can you explain it just because Ray, have you ever heard of that before? Do you yeah, know? Yeah, I, I won't lie. I was trying to avoid saying I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> can you can you lay it out? I, like I have an idea. I, I I know what it is to an extent. Like I've seen it. I understand right. it. But I'm a hockey guy, so like. Okay. Yeah, it's an ice sport, so we wear pretty much the same gear. The cage is a little bit different because the ringette stick is just a stick. There's no blade. Oh, your sticks are weird. It's missing. It's missing part of it. It's not weird. <laughs> Your stick is weird. That's the quote of the night. <laughs> For a hockey guy, it is. Yeah, I, I suppose. And then it's just play... it's just the shaft, right? Just the straight stick. Yes, right? that's all. Yes. No, yeah. Yes. And then there's a, a plastic tip at the bottom, and then we play with a ring. And so mm -hmm. in hockey, you have a blue line where you can't pass before the puck goes over. Mm -hmm. Well, in ringette, you have to pass over the two blue lines. So it really mm -hmm. makes it a team sport because you can't go from end to end. You have to pass it twice before you can take a shot. Oh. and it's you have 30 seconds to take a shot so as soon as your goalie has it passes it out you've got 30 seconds to take the first shot and then you can reset the shot clock so within 30 seconds you have to make two two passes yes. and then a shot and yes yes so the game wow, so that's like after. much more yeah like yeah. You, you're working within a lot of restriction there so you really got to get creative and move yeah. huh mm -hmm. and so you have to be more agile because you're not yeah. worried about losing the puck but i love the sport so passionate about it Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to look this up to watch a game. That's for sure. I I have an image in my head, but I'm worried that it may not be the right image. I just I I learned a lot of so I've always I've always been a big fan of hockey, and so I've always mm -hmm. enjoyed like learning more about like field hockey in the states and that and then but yeah, but I've only I've only seen it. I haven't really looked into it. So that was I just learned a ton right there. So that's mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. So I see myself as like a coach and a connection maker, and how I live and I interact with others. Um, you know how you have those coaches that are are really enthusiastic and they're like a cheerleader and they're positive and they're encouraging and they uplift their athletes and they're upbeat. I kind of feel like that. I just love people and teaching is all about relationships. And so that's why I love teaching and I love coaching. Hmm. I haven't got any of that from you at all. Let me know. No, I love that. And I, so I want to touch on, um, you know, with everything going on with COVID and school shutdown and like that, you, you, your school, well, all of British Columbia, I believe, yeah. is, went back for June. Yes. Um, can you kind of show, so now, you know, today it's the, what's well, the 15th. So you've been back for 
two weeks essentially, that's right? right? That's right. That's right. Can you can you kind of share what that's been like? I know it's been a little bit up and down, and and yeah. I don't know if it's been super consistent or not. But can you share with us sort of how that's been for the last two weeks, getting back into the classroom mm-hmm. to try to finish the year off? You know, it's been amazing because we have an opportunity to invite back certain students that are are have volunteered. They they want to come back and. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the students that chose to stay home have their own reasons, and we all respect that. And when they come in, they, we ask them the typical COVID questions, and then they come in, wash their hands. And you should see my day plan be, that I leave out for them, because it's wash your hands, and then do this, and then wash your hands, and then it's recess, and then wash your hands, and then it's play math, and then wash your hands. So we're washing your hands so many times over the day, but it's to keep us safe. And so our tables, I actually, my classroom is in the portable, so which has no sink or bathroom. So we've relocated to the library. So it's, it's a nice space. And we're able to separate ourselves on these larger tables. And we've asked the kids to bring their own devices. So we've just carried on with what we are doing remotely and partly in class. And then we play some fun games and it's just a way to reconnect. And when they first came back, you should see their faces. They were, they were scared, nervous, tentative. But by the end of the day, they were so happy. And I asked them to reflect on their feelings from when they first arrived and what, how they feel now. And they were just so happy. And I felt happy. And I think it's just really important for us to get back to seeing each other face to face. And it's been amazing. I, I've, I've loved seeing them face to face. And we, we've done Zoom meetings while they're in school. So we had, we had presentations for our passion projects. So we're still connecting with the kids at home while we're at school too. Hmm. And so are you back, are you in the classroom all, you know, all five days a week or is it just certain days? How oh. are you set up? Right. I, only Monday and Tuesday because okay. I only have seven kids that have returned out of 24. So okay. it's just one cohort, they come Monday, Tuesday. Teachers that have more kids, they have cohort one Monday, Tuesday, and then cohort two Thursday, Friday. Okay. And then so then the rest of the week, you're, it's just all virtual support? Yes. And, Wednesday, okay. yes. Gotcha. So then you have the rest of the month, correct? You guys go all the way through? We June. do. We do. So, so you have a little bit of a, a little bit of a look into what fall might look like for some uh-huh. or for a lot of us and stuff. So that's gonna uh-huh. be really interesting to see how we go. So it's gonna be fun to kind of continue to talk with you over the next several, the next few weeks to to gain uh, knowledge of how it continues to go for you and how how your school wraps everything up and mm-hmm. stuff. So and I'd be super yeah. happy to talk to anybody who has any thoughts or feelings about returning, and I can just share how it's been and it's been it, I've loved it. Loved it. Well, there you go. You hear it. We're gonna we're gonna share Liv's uh, Twitter and and other ways to contact her later on, so you can reach out and and she can chat you through it and share what's going up there. So appreciate that. Let's talk. Uh, you, you listen to the podcast. You know we talk about failure at times. So you know this is coming, but let's talk about that. Can you share a story with us uh, about a time you've had a failure or a challenge in your life that you had to overcome? Kind of share what happened with us. How did you overcome it? And what did you take away from that experience? Well, my failure is not really education related, but uh, it's, it's more personal related. I have had a grandma who came over from Hong Kong when I was six months old and she lived with us, lived with us for the remainder of her life. And as I was growing up, she did everything for us. My parents 
owned a restaurant, so they were working 24, oh no, 24, not 24, seven. They were working seven days a week. And, and so my grandma was the one that cooked us breakfast, lunch, dinner, put us to bed, woke us up, got us ready for school. Uh, didn't help us with homework because she didn't speak any English. But I, I felt that I, I never truly appreciated her uh, until after she was gone. And I never felt like I really explicitly told her how much I truly loved her uh, when she was alive. And so I feel like I took for granted the time that I had with her. And I, you know, when you're younger, you don't, you're not thinking how much longer your, your grandparents going to live. But I guess I took for granted that she would live forever. And so now when I'm, when I think back, I, I feel that it that has completely changed how I live my life and who I am. And and I feel that I've developed a passion for people and a grateful heart. So every action that I have with people, it's very intentional and it's it's to connect. And I often remind people how much they mean to me and, and I'm specific about it. And it's it's a little bit like carpe diem, you know. You don't know when it'll be the last time you'll see them or speak to them or connect to them with them. And so I just always want to make sure that people know how much I love them, how much I appreciate them. And it's really because of, you know, as when I was younger, I didn't feel that I, I really got a chance to do that. Wow. That's a, I mean, a powerful story and an important lesson that, you know, you need to appreciate everyone you have while you have mm -hmm. them and the time you have and why it's so important to be present in the present mm -hmm. all the time. Jeff, uh, this would be a perfect opportunity to challenge our listeners to pause this podcast, although you should absolutely come back because there's so much more fun to be had, but pause this podcast and reach out to somebody and tell them intentionally how much you appreciate them. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. There's your challenge. Go do Go that. Do it. Go do it, and then when you are finished, press play and keep reading, keep listening to the rest of this podcast. All right, we're gonna wait. You go do that. Okay, now that you're back, <laughs> let's go. On. Let's let's flip it around, Olivia. Let's let's talk about a successful moment you've had. This could be something big or something small, but tell us what it was, what happened, why was it a success for you, and then what did you take away from that experience? Mm -hmm. So, as a coach, I often think about what is success. And how do you measure it? So at the beginning of the season, we often talk about, okay, let's define success. What does that mean? You know, you can have big wins. Does that mean equal success necessarily? No, not necessarily, because you could have played a, a, a game where your team was just stronger than the other team. And so you ended up with a win. And, and that doesn't mean you're successful. And, to me, we talk a lot as a team about our improvement and how we have a, a team atmosphere and and together we win together, we, we, we support each other. And so I don't see success as like big success. I see success as little successes every day. It's the small wins that, that mean a lot. So it's the growth, it's the working together and every interaction that we have together is the connect, connection, the relationships, the community that we build together. It, these are everyday successes. And so that's how I see the classroom too, everyday successes. And, and uh, on, my, on my blog, I have a tagline and it's working together to better ourselves, each other and the world around us. And I, when I thought of that, it, it probably took me three months to come up with that. But I've had that tagline for probably about 
eight-ish years now, and I still really believe in it. I, every time I read it, I, I feel like, yes, this is what I really believe in. And to me, it feels very similar to yours, you know, better today than we were yesterday, better tomorrow than we were today, and, and the whole teach better mindset. And you know, I, I love the idea of, of betterment and how in everything that we do, it's, you know, when I think about teaching, teaching better, it's, it's actually a lifestyle that it's not just your teaching part of your life, but everything that you do. So whether it's for me, it's ringette or it's, you know, family or friends, it's, it's everything. It's a, it's a mindset for life. I really, I really, really, really agree. And I love that you as a member of our family, as a member of the Teach Better, you know, network and and the amazing educators that choose to carry this mindset, I, I think teaching is very similar, right? Like to truly in, embody an idea, like being on a pursuit of growth. I love that at a pursuit of betterment, right? It really does need to be not just a hobby, not just a challenge, but truly a lifestyle shift. And I. Oh, I so resonate with that. And th that must be live why you connected so well with our team, because I feel like you were brought in and I didn't actually know that you were connected with Jeff prior to when you started showing up or in our network, but it's just immediate, your presence, the, the insight you bring, um, it just seemed so organic. It's like, you've been in the family forever and I'm so happy. Like, I feel like I'm going to remember this moment of like, oh, my life changed when you know, live became a part of every live and every, you know, great, rich conversation. And it's just been so fun. But I have to know, you know, with everything you've done, you're so passionate, and you have so much to share. What's really getting you like excited about all that you're doing and what you're doing? Because that must come from somewhere like what fuels your fire? <laughs> you know, I think ever since I became a teacher, which is probably similar to the time that my grandma passed or maybe shortly after I have always loved learning and I remember being a brand new teacher and one of the reasons why I chose my district to work in is because we off they offered so many opportunities for professional development and I would go to as many as I could over the years and I, I feel like I'm a, a protee junkie and so everything that I learned I you know, it would just add to my knowledge and it, it would make me want to know more. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know how to, it's like when you have chocolate and you just don't have enough, you just want more, right? And, you know, in, in, during this time of the pandemic, we, we've just been given such a gift, a gift of time to pursue our passions. And, you know, before when I was teaching and on staff development, I was just too busy because I was also coaching at the highest level that my daughter could play at. And there just wasn't a lot of time. And so with the pandemic, I've just been able to just slow down and and reflect on my growth. And, you know, ever since Jeff DM'd me and said, hey, would you like to be a guest on our podcast? You know, my brain has been on fire. My heart is ablaze. And just finding you you, Ray and Jeff and the team is just incredible. I like, is there a bigger word than incredible? Just how about incredible <laughs> in bold letters and hundred font with exclamation marks? It's, yeah, you're you know, too awesome. It's, no, it's, 
you guys are so awesome. And, you know, I think it's the everyday opportunities that we have to grow, to be better. And, you know, we're, we're blessed with our PD, right? Every day we have the flexibility to, to follow who we want, what we want to, to uh, learn about, when we want to learn it, you know, which platform, whether it's Twitter or, you know, how you have your Facebook groups, um, webinars, why we want to do it and how we do it. So there's so much flexibility for us to, to partake in PD every day. And for me, you know, I, I love people, I love connecting and community. And I, I feel that, you know, the Teach Better team and every, all the amazing educators that's a part of it, uh, you know how they say you surround yourself with greatness and people with similar passions? I feel like I found my family, if you know what I mean. Mm. No, um, I love that. And, you know, you two have made me feel so, so welcome. And, you know, everybody talks about that with, with the team. And it's, it's something that I believe in, too, that welcomeness. And so thank you. I just really deeply want to thank you for changing my life because I feel like my life has changed. Oh, gosh. You just... I'm not crying. You're crying. I know. <laughs> You're the best. Oh, it's so fun. I have, you know, it's just funny because, you know, we love having our podcast as a platform to amplify teachers' voices. And there's so many amazing stories we've been able to hear on the podcast. But truly, looking at my calendar today, I was like, I cannot wait to have you on the podcast specifically just to talk shop and learn more about you. And I just so appreciate all this amazingness you are sharing so far. Um, I know you listen to the podcast, so you know that question five always has to do with advice. And I really am excited to ask you about this because as a coach, as a valuable teacher, as somebody who's constantly sharing with others, if you had to narrow down, I know it's going to be so tricky. If you had to narrow down one piece of advice that you would give any educator, and I know sometimes we say, you know, a new teacher, a veteran teacher, truly anybody in the field, what would your piece of advice be? I would say that in order to teach better, you don't need to make big changes. So instead you make small changes. And I've, I've thought about six different ways that you can make small changes. So I, I see it like a sandwich. Uh, we're going to start with people and then some classroom ideas and then start and then end off with self. So the first one is people. And, and the, the small thing that I think people can do is to just reflection, reflect on your interactions. How do you connect with others? You know, whether it's the staff, your, your own students, their siblings, their parents, people outside of your school community, other teachers in the district. Um, you know, it, it starts with the greetings. You were talking about that the other day, Ray. I believe it was on Facebook and how you you teach your your kids how to handshake and and the body language and all that and I feel the same way that you know how you greet someone is so important you know you have to say their name and and um, in 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 Chinese we have this thing when we were growing up we're always told to when we say hello to any of our uh, aunts or uncles or my parents friends, they were always auntie or uncle. So you always had to say their name. It was ingrained in us. So I did the same with my own kids at home and my own students. And so it's so nice, you know, they walk in, 
and every stu- every single student, good morning, Miss Chan. Good morning, Miss Chan. How are you? And I do the same. I say every single kid's name first thing in the morning with a huge smile on my face. And it's, you know, that, that warm greeting, that's the first thing they see when they open that door, right? So that's, to me, a small change you can make. And, you know, I even see in, in school when, you know, sometimes you're walking down the hall and whenever I see our custodian in his little office, I always stop and I always say hello and I ask him how he's doing. But I see other people, they, you know, they might walk on by or, uh, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't do that. And I just think, you know, I may be interrupting what he's doing, but to me, that's important. I, I saw him. So why not take that opportunity to just stop and say, hello, how are you? Thank you for cleaning our school. Yeah. Right. And, Absolutely. You know, and then, okay. Uh, I also think that, you know, in terms of people, SEL is more important than ever. And so every day we do some kind of daily activity. And, you know, I think that curriculum is not as important as learning about themselves and their place in this world. And even during parent uh, interviews and, you know, in the beginning of the year, I don't hesitate to tell them that it's, it's about people and, and more so than, you know, our relationships is more important than the curriculum that I'm teaching them. And, you know, in in our district, we we use the the term notice, name, and nurture. I don't know if you do that in the states, mm-hmm. but it's you know really anytime you see something that you think you you really want to to foster and and see more of, then when you notice it, you have to name it, and then you nurture it. And so when you you know when I see kids that might, uh, for example, somebody sneezes or starts crying, and then a a, a child will run to the Kleenex box and grab a Kleenex and, and give it to that child. Well, I'm going to make a big deal out of it because I want people to do more of that, right? And so when you name it, you know, like I often think about people that, you know, say to me how, you know, kind or gracious I am or, you know, and the more I hear it, the more I feel like, oh, that's how I am. That's that's what I do. And so if kids are constantly hearing that they're, you're, that's so kind of you to do that, that I think it, encourages them to continue doing that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And then uh, gratitude. I think gratitude is meant to be shared. And you don't just take the opportunities, but you make the opportunities. And you act on those feelings of, of gratitude. So quite often in the morning, I'll wake up and I'll think of a friend because they've, did, they've done something for me the night before. Then I'll make sure that sometime during that day or in the next couple of days or so, I will make sure that I email or text them to say, I was thinking about you the other day, and I really want to say thank you. And I think that makes a huge difference, you know, uh, in having people know that they are appreciated. Mm, I love that. And, and then um, building community, I think, is, is really important uh, in, in every interaction that you make. Do you know Peter Block? No, tell me more. Okay. He wrote a book called Community, the Structure of Belonging. And I'm just going to read a a quote here. The key to creating or transforming community then is to see the power in the small but important elements of being with others. The shift we seek needs to be embodied in each invitation we make, each relationship we encounter, and each meeting we attend. 
For at the most operational and practical level, after all the thinking about policy, strategy, mission, and milestones, it gets down to this. How are we going to be when we, are, when we gather together? And so I think it's, a little, it's like what Hans and Jen talk about all the time is being specific and intentional. And, you know, when in every interaction, whenever I'm, I'm thanking somebody or, or whatnot, I'm always make, being specific. Like I'm, I'm being very detailed about what it is I'm thankful for, you know, instead of just thank you, right? I'm being very specific. And I go beyond that and I, I, I tell them how it makes me, how it made me think or feel. Because I think that's, that's such an important added part to just thanking them specifically for something. Because in every interaction, I don't think that, that there's a, it, there's no neutral. It's either a positive interaction or a negative one. Mm-hmm. And so every interaction is an opportunity to touch someone else's life and to make it better. Oh, I love that. So important. Yeah. Um, and then I have four ideas for in the classroom. One is the element of sur- surprise. So beginning of the year, I said to my kids, I am making a commitment to you that every single day when you come to school, there's going to be something new. And so they, you know, I have kids that when we have our reflections, they think about, they, they mention, I want to come to school tomorrow because I want to see what that something new is. And often it's, it has something to do r- around SEL. Um, so different, it may be a different activity or just something different for them to kind of <laughs> make them want to come back. And then the other thing is I offer choice and, you know, uh, offering choice, just the simple act of offering choice makes such a difference. You know, I, you know how teachers would put up a picture and then kids might write about it. Well, why not put up two pictures? And so, you know, I've done lots of different things where I've just offered choice and I've seen so much creativity because you've offered the choice. And it's interesting how some of them even take the two choices and make it their own because, you know, like one time I gave them two uh, pictures of a door and some of them chose to write a story with the two doors instead of one or the other. But usually one speaks more than the other, right? And then, you know, uh, choice in topics, choice in partners, choice in workspaces. I mean, I know, Ray, you, you use flexible seating, and I tried that this year. Um, my kids loved it. They even built forts. We had a green screen uh, thing, and they just put it all over the, the tables, and they're writing underneath the tables, and they just, and they just loved it. Um, and then the other thing is creativity. I think if you just, you know, put on your criteria sheet or, or give them a challenge to just whatever it is that you're, you're producing, add some element of creativity. I think is is huge for kids that especially you know if we're trying to promote that kind of thinking that we ne- that we need in the f- in the future for these kids. And the last thing for the classroom is fun. Gamify, you know, things that that in- include speed or racing. Uh, I've done lots of actually Ray, I've done lots of different math things for for this kind of fun and yeah so they're so engaged and you know it you just you don't even need to do a lot just turn it into a little bit like a game and they just eat it up and then the last one is about ourselves is our mindset and i the the small change that i would like to encourage is that when you have a challenge 
I'd, I'd love for you to see it as an opportunity. And that's kind of what I preach to my students is that, you know, this is something that you might be struggling with, but here is an area of an op- area of opportunity that I'd like you to take. And it's, and I, I call it that area of opportunity because I think it's something that, you know, sometimes they're going to be in the mood to take it. And then sometimes they're going to be in the mood that they don't want to take it. And that's okay because there will be other areas of opportunity. And I even, uh, I even give them like uh, an imaginary gift. So I just hold my hand out as if I'm holding a box or I hold my hand out as if I'm holding a pill and I'll say, take it. And they're like, what is this? I say, it's a gift. Just take it. And they'd be like hesitantly going, okay. And then as soon as they take it, they say, well, what is it? And I say, it's an, it's an opportunity or, you know, it might be, it's, it's some confidence or it might be, you know, whatever it is. And so I, I actually have them swallow it if it is a pill that I'm giving them. (laughs) And I love it. It's, you know, a little bit of drama, but it's, I think it's important for them to, to see these things as opportunities or, you know, when they're just feeling scared or, or something. And so this is my confidence. I'm giving you confidence. You can take it and you can do this. I believe in you, right? They need to know that you believe in them. And that's so huge, you know, like, I, 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 I feel like lately I've had so many people show me in so many different ways that they believe in me. And Jeff, you're one of them. You know, I just have to say thank you for you reaching out to ask me to record this podcast. And, and I was, I was listening to you talk with Josh Stamper on his Aspire podcast. Yeah, with, so good. Uh, Jeff, and you were talking about, you were talking about Ray, actually. And and her you Uh-oh. being a- wait a minute wait a minute she might not know <laughs> yet oh, okay. <laughs> well it is available <laughs> for her to listen to Jeff <laughs> but about her being a great business partner and how you had to kind of convince her over and over again that this is what you saw in her and I think it's that you know what we have to do with or what we do for our students is we have to keep telling them I believe in you I know you can do this. And it's kind of going back to that, what I was talking about being a coach and that cheerleader is you believe in your students so deeply and they can see it in your eyes, in your actions, in your, in everything that they, they kind of start to believe it themselves, right? That, oh, you believe I can do this? Oh, like maybe I can do this. Yeah, but, and then you create a monster because now I do things all the time and I don't have <laughs> And then he comes back and he's like, did you change or add a massive element to our company? And I'm like, oh yeah, sorry, that was last Tuesday. It happens, you know? Yeah, catch up with me, Jeff. That was last <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> uh, so much value in that, Olivia. I really appreciate you kind of, like you said, it was a sandwich, uh, going through all of that. So uh, let's let's keep it rolling here. Let's keep having some fun. We're gonna do the, the next six questions, uh, and your goal is to answer each one in fifteen seconds or less. You ready okay. to go? I'll try. Yeah. She's been practicing. She's ready. She's ready. All right. She's ready. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Office three sixty five for my classroom and Twitter for me because that's where I get my inspiration from others. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a book you're reading right now? Award winning culture by Hans Apple. Mm-hmm. Loving it. Never heard of that. Is that any good? Oh, stop it. <laughs> uh, who do we need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today? Well, Teach Better Team is a must. That's an absolute must. Uh, I, I, 
love Edutopia because of their articles and the Dalai Lama is somebody else I also follow. They've got a website and they promote the, there's a heart mind index. So anybody that's interested in SEL, you can take a look at that too, but that's what our school uses. And, and I, 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 I love it. Uh, what's a good YouTube channel or website for educators? I'm going to promote two Canadians that challenge me to think. One is Shelley Moore, her YouTube channel, Five More Minutes. Do you know her? I don't. <gasps> you have to check her out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to now. Yeah, she's an advocate for inclusive education and diversity. She's a total leader in BC in this area. She's full of energy, entertaining to watch. And she's got this bowling pin analogy. I'm just going to leave it at that, but you should totally watch that. And then the second one is uh, George Kuros. Oh. Um, he sends out a weekly email and it's something personal, something professional, mm -hmm. something profound. And every time I read it, I feel like he's talking to me. And I reach out to him and told him that too. And it's, yeah, I, I love reading his e weekly emails. Awesome. Give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. I would say give the gift of connection. To yourself to people close to you and to people that are you don't see all the time mm. and what is the best piece of advice you've ever received small things make big changes over time and you can make a difference with the small things that you say and that you do mm. Mm. trophy teach trophy. trophy i'm oh. declaring it thanks i Ray. love it well, I want to make sure that our network can stay connected to you because there's been so many nuggets in here of takeaways. And I know you are just such a, a well-connected educator, always growing your PLN. I want to encourage all of our listeners to make sure they connect with you beyond just this podcast. So where can people stay connected? I'm very active on Twitter. So I'm, you, I can be found at, at Livia Chan L. So it's L-I-V-I-A-C-H-A-N-L. Okay. And then you have your website too, don't you? I do at livechan.com. That's right. Uh, all right. So, you know, you can find all the things, all the links, all the resources, everything we talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as those links to make sure you can connect with Livia and keep the conversation going, learn from her, grow with her, and just have some fun with her, let's face it. Uh, so make sure you check out the show notes over at teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, we would uh, really appreciate that as well. Let's keep taking this one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and connect with these amazing educators and share this podcast with them. Livia, this was awesome. So happy that we got to the day that we had it scheduled and we were able to get you on here. It's been so much fun just getting to connect with you and, and just like Ray was, we were talking about earlier, just seeing you in on everything and learning with you and growing with you and learning from you and growing because of you. Uh, it's been such a blast. Thanks for giving us a little bit of your time tonight. Thank you. No, thank you. Pleasure has been all mine. And I just so appreciate you, Ray, and the team. Thank you. I love it. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better.